0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Wow, well, it's good to see all of you this morning. My name is Rolf Figueroa. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. Um, this morning is going to be just a little bit different from our normal routine in that. Uh, I am here to share with you an update from um, the, the trip I just took to Zimbabwe, amen? And it's, it's, our, it's our heart that you would know what we're involved in and what, um, what you in your giving, one of the many areas that, um, that go to support or oversee and the impact that you would have internationally. Amen. And so um, it is good to see all of you in spite of that beautiful weather out there. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, it's interesting. I left on April 19th, and it was spring here. And uh, 21 days later, when I came back, it was summer. It's like something had happened. And uh, so so I'm just going to share candidly with you about some points about the trip and um, involvement and a few of my own travel stories or mishaps and is that gonna be okay i just want to i just want to share with you this morning and um and uh just let god move through that and so it may not seem like i am you know just punching heavy um because i may not be preaching uh dynamically um if i even do that but this morning just to share with you uh, something that's on my heart and about the trip. And so I just want to read something to you here in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said, Jesus, talking to the disciples, said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Everybody say, "Wow." wow. How many of you know that around the world there are people who love Jesus and know him just like we do? Like, and so so this trip, in the context of this trip, is because God opened the door that we can have relationship with people um, in Zimbabwe, and then to go visit uh, a missionary that we have in Zimbabwe and spend some time with them and so, right off the bat, I just want to give you a little, a little context about Zimbabwe. It was my first time going to Zimbabwe, um, going to the African continent, and what a blessing that it was. Um, the, tri- the, the, the travel to get there was three flights and uh, more than 28 hours of flight time. And um, so if you're in the military, you travel internationally or been to mission trips, you know all that routine. And uh, one, uh, right off the bat, I, I, I saw something about myself almost immediately, and that was that I'm not as young as I used to be. And, uh, and, and so right from the get-go and trying to plan and think about what I'm going to do, I was caught a little off guard and thrown kind of out of the kilter. I thought I had meticulously thought through how I'm going to do the first leg of the trip, which the first leg of the trip is Seattle to Qatar, Doha, Qatar. And so that alone is a long flight. It's more than 15 hours. And so I strategically packed my backpack so I thought, and um, I packed my, my carry-on in a way that would fit everything I thought that was going to get thrown at me to size and stuff. And, and immediately when we got through uh, the check-in station uh, for the airline, and they're like, well, um, we need you to check your bag. And man, everything in my heart was like, man, I want to make this fast. Come on, you know, you depart off the plane, you grab your check bag. I want to be moving. And, um, and so reluctantly checked my bag, and uh, that was all good, and then as soon as I checked it, and I go to sit down, and put my backpack in the top, I realized that I was dressed for Seattle, which was pouring rain and cold at the moment that I arrived, but I don't know about you guys, and when I travel on airplanes, it's like shorts, a t-shirt, and man, I need to be like, I want to be comfortable, right, like, and, uh, Immediately, I realized I had my sweatshirt, long pants, socks and shoes. Man, I was in dread, filled my heart. That's okay. So for the next 15 hours, I suffered quietly, fully clothed the whole way, realized the new sleeping position, um, was leaning forward with my head against the seat and a pillow on the food tray, and, um, and, and it was uh, fabulous. So... Uh, so, you know, that started what, what you know, sometimes you're trying to make strategic decisions that would allow you so when you land, you can hit the ground running, right? Like, it's like, okay, all this travel, and it's just, is it day or night, and windows up or windows down, and why am I eating right now? It's like three in the morning, it's like, you know, but I've just determined, eat everything that's offered to you all the time. Like, that's my plan, that's my game plan, and so I did, I was faithful to that, and, um, and so the first flight, 15 hours, the second flight, eight hours, and, um, and that's from Doha, Qatar to um, Johannesburg, South Africa, and um, it was a great flight, it, I must have slept off and on, uh, and then we land, and then we had a, a five-hour layover for our next flight to Victoria Falls, and um, you know, just that rhythm of like, off on, sleeping, laying down, and doing, I mean, all, I'm talking to the choir here, many of you guys have traveled, and we land in the afternoon in Victoria Falls, and I am like pulling my carry-on. It's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to bed. And then the next word is, go in, check in, get some rest. 9 o'clock in the morning, be up and at him and we're going to go. It was a good plan. And, uh, but, but how many of you know that uh, 9 o'clock in the morning after that kind of travel and your rhythm is like, it arrives way too fast, And, uh, you know, I think my eyes were so swollen, they were almost sealed shut. It just added to the nationality confusion for me. And so when I went, um... (laughs) Too too much. Thank you. So I want to introduce you to the reason why I went. And the reason why I went is because we have a relationship um, with a children's home in Victoria Falls, Zimbabwe, that God has been just developing, that we manage the American side finances for. And so all the fundraising that happens out th- outside the church and any that's given here inside the church, we manage uh, the funds that are sent, the wire transfers. Um, the getting the spreadsheets for how it's going to be and what they're going to do in projects. And so uh, it's called Rose of Charity. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a, it's a relationship that um, was brought to us. And then we looked into it and said, how can we add to this or manage and how can we lend our support and influence there and see what God wants to develop. And uh, it's run by a lady named Sima. Uh, in Victoria Falls, who felt like the Lord just called her one day to begin to feed and touch base with the street kids that were living under the bridges and around the area in Victoria Falls, essentially saying, what can I do in my city to make a difference? Now, Now think about that question. What can I do in my city to make a difference? And so she did. She began to minister to the kids and bring them and feed them. And before you know it, her house was full of street kids. Problem arose on how to feed them. And because Victoria Falls is a tourist city, um, she came up with an ingenious idea, which was to make connection with all the tourist operators who were driving vans, give them envelopes that says Rosa Charity, and then have the tourist drivers... Let them know, give envelopes, and begin to catch donations that way. And she began to be able to feed the children regularly. And then COVID hit, and it all dried up. And now she has a house full of young people and how to feed them. Except except shortly before COVID hit, someone from Moses Lake showed up in Victoria Falls. And while they were there, the tourist operator was like, hey, you want to go see a children's home here in Victoria Falls? And so they went. The group went. And on their way into the children's home and on their way out, there was a young boy standing at the door and simply said, thank you for thinking of us on their way out. And their lives, the Moses Lake people would never be the same. And it started a relationship outside of GHC that was then introduced to us. And as we're talking about it, how can we manage this? How can we lend our, our, our just what we've learned about international transfers and, and, and money management there? And how can we be sure that they do exactly in terms of success and, and fundraising and building? And I'm about to show you um, what they're doing. God has given Sima, the director of Rose of Charity, some great vision. And so I just want to walk you through a f- few pictures here and um, of what that would be. So just hang in there with me. So we arrive, and uh, you know, culture. And, and uh, if you've been to um, any place in Africa, probably the culture is very similar in arrival and, and like welcome. And so they're singing a song to us in our arrival. It's really moving. And to those who had relations, you could see the, the gentleman there takes his glasses off because he's literally tearing up. And I'm standing there like watching and listening to what's happening. And, um, and they just greet you with such like, okay. Hey, thank you for coming and thinking of us. And so as we walk through, they are gathered in an area, the children's home in Victoria Falls, about 40 minutes away into the bush. Um, She had a heart to want to build a school. And so this site here is a site that is being funded primarily from donors around Moses Lake to build a school that will be for elementary uh, to house teachers and then a, 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 a cafeteria-type thing in this um, community, Susinda, that will, that will alleviate, get this, children in this area walk up to 10 kilometers a day, one way, to go to elementary school. Hours. Hours. So, so, so to give a minute to type Wrap my head around this. I, ask, I was asking a lot of questions, just trying to absorb, just question after question. So finally, you know, like, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do the drive. Click on the clicker. You know, we're looking, and then we're driving, and we get to the place, and it's seven to ten kilometers, depending on the thing. Um, so hours in the morning, hours in the evening. And so right here in the middle of this community, these classrooms are being built um, by Sima. Uh, just by a vision that the Lord is, is, is on her heart to build these classrooms that will drop the, the everyone, every child in that area. It will take no more than about 30 minutes to get to school wow. each way. I mean, it will revolutionize their community. This is something that you guys, unbeknownst so far, like it's being presented to you today, that, that our church, you, everybody say me, have a part in. And I'm here to tell you that, uh, that that if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have a part in that, right? But like we're leaning into this idea that we have relationship because of Jesus and that God is moving around the world and that we can have a, a part in this. So so not only this. So as 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 you can see in some pictures as they go, um, you know, this is gonna be a room where they're going to house teachers, so a salary for a full-time certified teacher is $180 a month. Um, But if you wanna attract some of the best teachers, you give them housing. And so this will house two teachers or three and uh, be a living room and a quarters for them and a place to stay. And I believe they've already hired two teachers full-time to be able to live on site and to be able to to teach. And I believe classes already started um, for them uh, it is that school that you saw is named, that sign behind us is named Moses Lake Academy. Um, that, is, that is its science official registry. And so God is doing something there just in through the community and us. And so this little guy, I don't know, less than two years old. Um, I don't know about you, but when a young person takes a liking to you, I mean, you know, if I could have brought him home, I would have brought him home. I had permission from my wife to bring him home. Um, it didn't happen. It was fantastic. And then I found out he just wanted my water bottle. But, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. But, but this is the kind of thing, like, if you ever feel... And I believe we're going to be taking trips over, like our relationship is going to expand for those of you that feel mission-minded and op- opportunity in God calling you. Just to immerse yourself and spend time, especially, can I speak to the men for a moment, men in this room? The Lord has put something in you uniquely, designed to give mentorship and relationship and love to young people. And even just hulk and me right like i'm just sitting on the on, on the chair and these children um, just in relationship are, are are coming around and wanting to to know like some of the you know in, in the way that they can talk and they're rubbing my arm and they're and they're realizing like um You know, they're rubbing, putting their fingers through my hair and and then rubbing their own head and and trying to figure out the difference. Right. So like so like half the time I'm sitting like this. (laughs) And, you know, even in all that, it was just like this, this reality of trying to communicate and getting questions like, will my hair ever grow that long. I don't know. I mean, you know, so, but this is mine, you know. And so, and so, we're talking through skin color and, and the kinds of food they wanted to look in my mouth and at my teeth. I mean, <laughs> but but something about the presence in the atmosphere, right? There was there was one one young man there who I think was autistic, pretty 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 a high level of autism, and and was very frustrated and took a liking to me, and would just get frustrated out there, and I would be seated at the table, and he would just come walking by, put his head on me, and hug me, like, wrap his arms, like, touching my belly and sit in my back, and there's just, like, something about that, right? Like, like, it's pure and just, like, oh, so, you know, you grab him, and he stops crying, and for that moment, for, for, for those moments, for that, for that, you know, whatever that was, that was the mission of God. For that moment, right? Like, like we can, we can over spiritualize some things, but that the truth is, is that the Lord uses people who are filled with his presence to reach people, right? And so like in that moment, if all I did is just kind of hug him, rub his head, speak words of life over him, pray for him, which I did to every child that was there, that, that was around me, and then to play Uno cards with him, answer the questions, the mission of God is being fulfilled because he's with you and you would be there, right? And so for this trip, it was me and there and God expanding. So, so one day we, um, after a few days there, I decided to take the journey to go um, to go visit our missionaries Dan and Yvonne Harding and so I just thought we had to make a a quick stop to get some auto parts I'd take some pictures there was the auto parts store and uh it was a unique experience um we got the part that worked and um and we made it uh and so we were able to continue on um which we we placed at the next biggest city that we could get but but that just illustrates some of what you'll hear in just a minute, um, and uh, you know, as we as we drove and we made it to Bulawayo. This is the main church that our missionary is a part of, Victory Fellowship, and they are right downtown, right in the city of Bulawayo. Um, there's our missionary Dan. I took a picture of him because um, he was um, uh, paying the toll fee to park, and they are on it. Like you park in the street. And you got to pay the toll, and so it just struck me that you know uh, we would travel all around the town, and that was like the first and he was very mindful and attentive and a good um a good uh a good example of how to pay the toll It, it was really good so we went into the church and there's the inside victory fellowship i'm just giving you a little bit of a so you can see even. Uh, the main pastor of Victory Fellowship is Pastor Ken Haskins, and he has been here before. And I got to spend a little time with him, and it was encouraging to me. Um, I pray it was encouraging to them, but I also want to tell you that his wife is recovering from um, back surgery, and there was, there was a little bit of um, owing left for medical bills. I want to tell you, you as a church were able to contribute towards that deficit and to pay the bill, and so, um, amen, so, so, so you don't realize, like, how uniquely, I mean, there's relationship there that's enduring, and and Pastor uh, Dan Harding, we've had relationship with him as our church, and main support for more than 20 years, and so, so it's for me to go, and to sit down, and talk with him, and see, it was good for me, I think it was good for them, and so, um, um, The Hardings have done an incredible work. This is a uh, a piece of property that they have, Smile Village. How many of you guys have heard us talk about Smile Village, single mothers? It's a place that, that single mothers can go to live with their child safely while they get discipled and trained up and lives radically change for the kingdom of God. On my Facebook, there's a video, and I think it's on the Grace Harvest Church site about Meet Vivian, who is a one who is there, and she gives a multi-minute, several-minute interview there, and it's a must-listen to. God's on the move, changing people's lives, and and um, so this is the church that they are building at Smile Village. It's an outreach church from the main church, and as you can see, they are in process. Um, uh, you, this, you guys have given to this building project, and uh, it's open air right now, but the, the hope is that they at least build the brick wall, maybe one next section to close off the wind, and so we were getting ready for church on a Sunday morning, and... Um, and uh and that's how it was um i I stepped back right before people were arriving and uh i would be preaching in that corner in the shade and out of the wind and then the hardings have done an incredible job raising up the the local people who can run the church and do do what it is that the lord's called them to do right there and this is um this is one example um, leading the congregation, and uh, I just found like myself shaking my head, like, "Wow, God, you're you're on the move here, and so um, doing a great thing." Um, this is back at the children's home. As the nights were getting closer that we were going to depart, we realized, man, we just want to have a big feast with the kids, right? Come on, right? Like it's always good eating together. And so um, we bought, you know, uh, steak um, and chicken. And I'm going to tell you, when you go to Zimbabwe as I, I hope many of you have the opportunity too, the one thing you will not lack is beef. They are beef eaters. And, uh, and so when we brought all this meat there, um, it, it is an amazing thing to watch some of these children pack away like two giant steaks and just a bunch of food. And, and so it's mealtime and we're getting ready and, and they're serving like mealy meal on the side with some sort of uh, beef stew Uh, type thing and when the line when she called like it's meal time that line was starting and if you were the little guy in front I thought he was going to get smashed like they were they were they were ready to go and eat and and it was a great time and 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 they are they are being well fed and there's a there's a little better picture all these pictures I think are are going to be online as well you can see but but that building right there that you see in that picture is a classroom that was built behind the house, the main house of the children's home. And it revolutionized their community. And so what, what Sima did is she's like, well, many street kids and normal kids in our community cannot afford even um, state school, which is $150 a semester. So if we build a classroom behind my home, we can charge 30 and the sign-ups, and the, there's a waiting list. It has revolutionized how many children can now go to school. Um, and, uh, and that's a whole other topic if you want to talk about that later and, and maybe sponsorships of some of those kids. But it, it, but it is um, God's doing something there. And that was built from funds from Moses Lake. And so, um, uh, yeah, keep walking through here. This is the director, and I just want to share a little tidbit so you could hear her.
1: Very beautiful new school, uh, a school that will be of impact in the community. Our school is called Moses Lake Academy. Um, uh, right now we have done the caretaker's house, we have done the storeroom, Uh, we are about to finish our first block that is going to... that comprise of three classes that is ECTA, ECDB and grade 1 so right now the block is at um, window level uh, which is... uh, we are going for roofing the next biggest stage that we are looking forward is to do the roof Uh, and then after the roof we do the plastering and then after the plastering we buy the chairs and desk, and then we are good to go all right you can watch the rest of that video it's
0: about an eight-minute video online there's a link to it Um, the roof is now done the windows are in classes have started Um, at one of the classroom blocks. Um, They are ambitious, they're ready to go. The kids couldn't wait to not have to walk 10 kilometers one way, right? So the pressure in the community was growing. They started meeting before the roof was done. The roof is done. Um, I think plaster, uh, there are no desks and chairs yet. Um, They're sitting on the ground, and I think that's one of the next future projects uh, for funding, But, but they're ambitious they believe that god's god's going to provide and he is providing and sima the lady you just heard talk she's not waiting for anyone um in her village in this village there is this she started the new dong girls club and the purpose of that girls club was to meet monthly so that she could instruct young ladies on what it means to be a young lady hygiene relationships how men should treat women, how women should treat men. I mean, all of the dialogue that oftentimes I feel like maybe we don't have here at times as forward, um, she felt like they needed to discuss. Um, and then as, as she's had the classes and the meetings, she realized, well, as we're teaching young ladies, we probably should teach young men. And so uh, uh, there is a, a group of young men in the back of New Dawn Girls Club because they are being gathered from the community to show how young men should treat young women and all of that stuff and then to learn about Jesus. And God is doing something amazing. She's wanting to impart that. She does not want to see her people from her tribe lost. All right. All right. So, so after the classes, they try to gather um, household supplies or um, even cooking oil and things that are needed. And there's bags of of Millie mill in the back for um, um, for how to, for eating. And uh, <clears throat> wow, oh, that's the photo, man. I you know. Um, There's the hair. I'm just laughing and giggling and and answering questions. And they want to know all about the states. They want to know all about, you know, people. They want to know all about my kids. They want to know all about the church. They want to know all about you guys. Tell me about people in the church. They're amazing. Right? Like, 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 right here. And then, and then you get the ones that can talk. And, and the young man who's staring right at, in the green, I think, down in the corner, he's uh, full of questions. And then as we begin to depart, you know, we're having to pack up and have to go crocodile tears. Even though we probably only shared hundreds of words, right? Just like the presence of God. You're there. You're leaning into that. You're, you're caring for. And, and the truth is there, um, many of these children truly are orphans or, or displaced due to extreme financial conditions. And when the children arrived there, like the one in the green sweatshirt, um, I would ask him, so when's your birthday? And he was like, uh, today. And then I asked another young person, so when's your birthday? "Uh, Today. Because when they arrive at the children's home, they're assigned birthday January 1 because they don't know anything. And so Sima, the director, has taken it upon herself to look at the calendar and go, your birthday's here, your birthday's there, your birthday's there. And just a a fantastic opportunity to spread out the celebrations over the year, right? But also to show that you are unique. And you do have a date, though we may not know you have a date, and this is yours. And so that was, so, so spending time here and just seeing the rhythm of, of their day. Right now, there are 18 children at this place. Um, I think she can handle up to 40, and sometimes there are 40 there. And, uh, and so, um, so God is on the move there. Um, and so, you know... <sighs> just seeing the ability to have um, running water, fresh water, clean water, um, good water for them. Um, it's been a game changer, and uh, and, and the, the home is to the right in, in this photo. It's the classroom on the left, and so um, all to impart to you guys that Though we at Grace Harvest Church, we believe in world missions. It's one of our values. We want people to go and to, 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 to travel and to see and to lean into and let God minister to you. And so if you ever hear that there's a trip happening and, uh, and it's open to people, and most of our trips are open, uh, you might have to apply and interview. And I mean, we want to take stable people, right? <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, if you, you know, come on, like, yeah, if you don't travel well, um, but, uh, but we also want people to go. And so, um, you know, I've learned something even in, you know, where where so this was a, this was a, a, a we realized that they needed um, school supplies and toys just while we're there to play with. And so we, we worked through um, um, doing some shopping and let me let me just share with you i haven't seen the photo yet of them um, we, as we were traveling around with the missionary Dan Harding there was there's a photo of of a line from the ATM machine right here and you can see this long line and um, and so so Dan was explaining to me just the financial crisis that Zimbabwe faces um, with trying to figure out how they're going to be and so so these are people lined up for the ATM machine, limited to 40 US dollars a day, um, or until the ATM runs out of money, and then you're just done. And when it's out of money, you don't know if they're going to refill it. And so, so Dan was strategic, needed some money. We would just go to, okay, this machine has no line. This machine has little line. But 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 even the idea that you would think in america we are used to stable prices right like we take that for granted right well i mean you'll argue with people about the price right i go to sort oh it said this but that doesn't matter in zimbabwe in zimbabwe if you need it and see it you buy it right then and so he needed a generator one day he told the story and it's like 960 bucks he thought man i need some money i'll use i'll go get some cash so he left to get some cash came back the next morning and now it was almost 1100 dollars the price because of currency um, exchanges and just the the flux that that it's in it makes living there difficult i mean you might spend 200 dollars for groceries this week and 4 or 500 next week and so, and, and for the same stuff, and just imagine living under it. Really, you can see. And when the average income is less than 150 U.S. dollars a month, it, there's some challenges. Fuel's the same price. Most food is the same price. Maybe you get some discounts on vegetables. Clothing's the same prices here. So, so what, what what's to do at 150 bucks a month? How do you make those decisions? and where you're going to stay, how you're going to live, or what you're going to eat. Like, uh, having been there, I made a lot of decisions about how I interpreted that data. And then when I got there, the reality of that data hit me, right? Like, okay, so h- how are we involved here? And so, so, having that information, Sima knows that in the children's home, and the, the local tribe gave her a plot of land, and through donations from Moses Lake, she turned that plot of land by punching a well and then water storage. And when we drove out 40 minutes out of the city to her plot of land, it was the only green piece in the entire region. They grow their own vegetables for the children's home. They grow corn uh, for, for Millie Mill, for Mize. And it is transformed, plus they employ some people that, that helps to the income there, um, all through donations From Moses Lake and and maybe a little bit beyond for this. But but the local council, tribal council, is seeing what's happening. They gave her 10 acres right next to this garden and said, do that again for the the children. Right at the school that's being constructed, um, they said after this is done being constructed, these three classrooms and the cafeteria and the lodging... Over the hill behind is a vacant secondary school um, with land. We want to give you that land. Do something with that. God's on the move, right? Like so, so in all of this, in all of this, there is opportunity for us to think about and lean into and ask, how can God use me in certain areas like this? You know, I just had a conversation with Jason about just networking in IT. We're hoping to get, we're hoping to get, there's nothing around there for, inter, we're hoping to get him Starlink or something like, let's bring this home, let's make this the most advanced elementary school in this region for the kids and make it world class. If you're a teacher, let's go and check out what's happening there. Um, cross training, um, conversations, if you just love people, Let's go see what God's doing there, right? Like, like you are able to bring the presence of God there. And so my hope is that you would see, and I want to encourage you um, to lean in to believe that world missions is a call that God has for us as a church, but also for you, amen? And then if he puts it on your heart, then he will make a way, amen? Amen.